0: So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong? Show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win. That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. Good morning. I am so happy to have my good friend on here who is so generous with his time, I'll tell you that much. If you haven't <laughs> heard him on Clubhouse, run, don't walk to his room on there. We're going to talk about that and all things entrepreneurship with Corey Barrier. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, Corey.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Lisa. Great to see you.
0: Great to see you too. It's been a while.
1: <laughs> it, has. it has. It has.
0: Do me a favor can you introduce yourself to the audience and tell them about your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Sure, absolutely. My name is Corey Barrier. I'm the sales CEO and I work with small to medium sized businesses and help transform their sales team. So what that means is I typically go in and I start with the business owner and I understand from his perspective what's going on with the rest of the company. And then I meet with the next person down and then I meet with the sales team and I get an idea of why people think or not why, but what they think is going on, and usually I get three different perspectives, typically. And so what I'm, what I do is I go in and I'm, I, I, I marry those three perspectives and bring it to the owner, and it, that'll be beneficial for him, him or her, uh, beneficial for the team, beneficial for everybody. And then we implement those changes in the sales team. And look, it's not always the sales team. In fact. Um, majority of time, it's not just the sales team. Lots of times, it is partially the sales team, but lots of times, it's also the leadership. I mean, in that, I think that's important to point out because if you've got, you know, if you've got poor leadership or, or if you have a leader that, um, you know, is not involved that maybe once was, uh, it, it detracts from how the sales team functions because well, I see that a lot of folks feel like when maybe the the owners not engaged as much as they were before, they feel like they're abandoned to a degree, and and so we have to kind of bring that full circle. And um, look, I got into this. I got into coaching a long time ago. Actually, I, got, I actually started fitness coaching. I did that for a decade, and then I opened up a, a medical spa, and with an, with a, another guy and. We had that for about a year and things went sideways and I ran the whole operation except for the finances. Well, that was, that was certainly a hard lesson to learn because um, he basically walked into my office and said, Hey, I'm not paying you anymore. I'm like, "I, I didn't understand. But the reality of what happened was, Oh, so the finance part, we he also informed me we were three hundred fifty grand in debt, which I didn't. oh my god! I, I had no idea. I was so,
0: I, I I almost lost my mind. And well, let me let me let me backtrack you for a second. Let's go back to your fitness coaching. Take us all the way back to the beginning of Corey Barrier's journey.
1: Yeah, sure, absolutely. So this is going to be an interesting ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the very first, my very first first taste of. If you will, entrepreneurship was when I was a little boy. I used to go and I used to hunt golf balls. We I lived on a golf course, and I would hunt golf balls, and I would go sell them to the local sports um, shop or whatever. Um, now, how so, old were you? I was, I was probably seven, eight.
0: And what gave you the idea to do this? Um,
1: that's a great question. I, I have absolutely no idea.
0: It's just, it was just in you. That entrepreneurial, yeah. well, I found this, I can sell this, I can make some money. What would you go buy? A candy, gum? What you, what'd you, did you save your money? What'd you do with it?
1: I certainly didn't save it. <laughs> I, 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 that's a good question, too. Who knows? It's been quite a while ago, and I've done you know a lot of drugs since then, so um, I have no idea what I did with it. <laughs> <laughs> so if we move past that, um, when I was 16 years old, I started a paper route. And, and believe it or not, that is absolutely a business because you have to purchase the papers and then deliver them. Right. And then they pay you on how many papers you deliver, regardless of, you know, you buy a certain amount. And if you don't deliver them, you're stuck with them. Right. So that was, you know, that was the second time that I kind of had started my business, so to speak. Um, And moving on. So I, you know, I, I got out of high school, went to, I did, I actually went to work for my dad in the tobacco industry for about a year. And then I decided to go back to college and then I partied and partied and partied, which, you know, that was a little bit of entrepreneurship there because I was dealing drugs. Um, and, you know, I'll skip forward a little bit to, to 2005, I was convicted of trafficking cocaine. And so, but I want will, to I will say this, and this is certainly not an encouragement for anybody to start trafficking cocaine, but <laughs> you do learn a lot about, you know, supply, demand, cost of goods. You you, you learn all that stuff. If you don't, you, you're not going to be successful at it, right? I mean, it's it's just like any other business.
0: It's just illegal. Right. Um, That's exactly right.
1: Well, I learned a lot from that. And I learned a lot about, Quite frankly, I learned a lot of sales in that because I knew when the holidays came around that if I started reaching out to my people a week before that and encouraged them to go ahead and buy, by the time the holiday came around, they would come by buy again. So it worked out great because, you know, I, I made a ton of money doing it. Well, 2005, that stopped real quick. um, and And that was the end of my drug career, period. Um, because I almost went to prison, and fortunately, I didn't. And, and I got very, very, very lucky. I had to go to a six-month program, which was an absolute nightmare, but wasn't prison. And so um, that was uh, that was a rough time. There is no question about it. And so, uh, so now you know that I had a felony. Have a felony, right? So I didn't. And you also know I didn't. Well, I don't know if I said I didn't finish college, but I didn't. So now I've got kind of two strikes. In that, in the world we lived in in 2005, I had two strikes against me. Right now, it doesn't really matter. Nobody cares about whether you've graduated college or not, because quite frankly, some of the most successful people in the world never even went to college. Um, and the felony portion, like I just I, whatever, like nobody. I don't have to, I don't have to justify that to anybody anymore. Um, and so, so I started my. So in 2009, I started working uh, as a membership sales at a gym and realized the trainers were making four times what I was making. And so I was like, this is stupid for me to continue doing this. So I just decided to go and get my training certificate and start training. And, um, and that was, you know, th- it was great. I was the number one salesperson for every single month I was there, except for uh, two months. And I was there, I was at that company for about five years. And then, re- so yeah, I was at that company for about five years, and I had started my own brand, but it well, I didn't really start a brand, just to be clear. It was literally a tax shelter. Like That's why I started, just so I could write off stuff. That's it. And And I was doing a little bit of business, but very, 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 very little. And so I was in the middle of getting divorced, and my ex-wife decided to alert the people I worked with that I had started this gym. And... By default, they fired me on December thirty first, two thousand thirteen, and you know, well. so that really threw me into really my entrepreneurship journey. Um, as it's yeah, so so I had to figure it out, right? Because I sold these massive packages to people because you know I had well I'd done it long enough to know that if you buy a package. You know, for five or six thousand dollars, you're probably not going anywhere. One and two, you're going to get the results because you're going to stick with it. Because you're you know, invested.
0: Money. Yeah, when That's people right. have money down and they've put money down and they've invested their, you know, either their time or their finances, then you know they have skin in the game and they're going to stick around.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Right.
1: But it kind of screwed me because all the people that I was training had massive packages. They had to finish out with that gym, and so. I was able to pull a few people and then I just, you know, I was going to random gyms and I, I was just trying to make it, to be honest with you. And I did. I made it. Um, and and I was fairly successful at that business. And I wound up opening a studio and I ran the business out of there. Well, I sold that to open up my medical spa With
0: and the partner.
1: With the partner. He was actually- Who ran the training. business
0: into the ground. That's right. Okay. All right. I'll let and, you
1: take over. <laughs> yeah and so what really happened with that um is he was fucking a girl that i had fired and i didn't know i had absolutely no idea and so what you know so it, it was really odd because i just didn't i didn't see any of it coming i couldn't really make a lot out i couldn't figure it out i didn't figure this out actually this happened in october so the law you know of course he filed lawsuit well Yeah, he filed lawsuits because I gave it two more weeks. I'm like, he's going to come around. Well, he didn't come around. So I rented a U-Haul and I took 49% of the shit out of there because I own 50% of the company. And, you know, the funniest thing, Lisa, I had put a camera up because where my office was, I couldn't see the girls at the front desk. So I had put a hidden camera up and the next day I got to watch them scramble. Oh, my God. It was priceless. I wish I had the recording because it was, dude, you should have solved it. Probably make out.
0: a couple dollars on selling that video. <laughs>
1: Man, it was something else. So, you know, I got the lawsuit and all that stuff. And so what happened was, is I settled with, with my partner and I walk away with nothing, zero dollars. But I also didn't have any debt because that was part of the deal. You take the debt. I'll give you take you the
0: assets and the debt right?
1: Absolutely.
0: and you it's walk all... away clean.
1: Yes. And it was a hell of a deal for me. It really was a hell of a deal, but it still left me at zero. It still left me at nothing and nowhere to start. And I, you know, again, I, you're back, I was back to square one and this was just in 2018. And it was a really hard time to be honest in my life. It was a very, very hard time. I went through a lot of emotions. I depression. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty rough. I'll be honest with you. And then now when,
0: when you, let's go there for a minute. Right? Okay. Before we talk about where you are now, let's go there for a minute. It's 2018. You've invested all this time, all this money, all this energy, all this love into this business. You, you, you have, you've had your heart broken, right? Your finances are depleted. You're at ground zero emotionally and financially and if you, you're falling into this depression, because we all have when, it, when it's up, it's great, right? It's the best feeling ever. Yeah. But when you're low, it's really fucking low. So yeah. what did you do? How did you, you know, how long did you spend down there in the in the muck? Right. And how did you get yourself out?
1: Well, um, I, and I don't know that I've actually talked. I may have talked about this. On one other podcast, potentially, but and I can't even guarantee that. So you may be getting super new information. Um, started microdosing, that's how I got out of it. Started microdosing mushrooms.
0: Okay, a lot of people don't know what that is.
1: Oh, okay. So, you know, m- microdosing mushrooms has there's a ton of data uh, of what of, of, of it helping depression and helping you psychologically. And in fact, I believe, I believe that it's going to be mainstream at some point. In fact, I think there are some places already that it's mainstream.
0: California. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, they just, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, I just happen to know that um, LSD, Molly, mushrooms, all this psilocybin, all that stuff. um, It's actually legal. Here in California and Hawaii. hmm What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, you're an attorney, you would know. Well, yeah, I don't practice anymore, but yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. really? Yeah, I I gotta hook you up with one of my former clients. He's he's one of my favorite people ever. He designed, we were talking about the artwork behind you and your how your wife hand painted that beautiful wall behind you. Um he actually created this incredible um, like Willy Wonka chocolate bar. And it's it's mushrooms, basically. Yeah. And that it's gorgeous. And that's how I came to find out. I was like, oh my God, I can't have you rearrested. <laughs> you know, and that's how I came to find out it was legal. But I'll show you a picture of it. It's beautiful, but let's get back to you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's incredible. I had no idea. I knew that it was being tested i felt in certain places but i I, you know i don't really i don't have to really whatever
0: so it's it's personal use right now you're still going to get in trouble for distribution or trafficking or sales it's the same as like the same pattern that happened with marijuana Mm. so you know you have to get the government is going to require you to get a license to distribute and sell and all that it's a it's a good money-making machine for them
1: Without a doubt, and quite frankly, I really do believe, Lisa, that if here's what here's why I'm shocked that it's legal because it is so massively effective that it's going to cut out antidepressants, and that is really what I believe. Because I'm telling you, I've been on antidepressants now; I haven't been on them in years. But when you, I got, I mean, if I could just if if I could paint a picture. Like, when I say depression like I would sit in my office and just I mean sometimes I just wouldn't know what to do I would just sit here and just it was it was awful and so you know I started microdosing mushrooms and and slowly fairly well I shouldn't say slowly fairly quickly I came out of it and it was almost like you could you, I, you could just see the world in a different light and I'll be I, I'll tell you the other effects of that is, you know the idea behind it is opens your third eye. It, it, you know it works in your pineal gland, or maybe that's DMT. That's DMT anyway. So, but it opens up your third eye, and and you know because I've gone down this journey, it's interesting because I sit back and I look about, I look at all the things that are going on in the world, and like I can see clear today what's going on, what's coming, and the progression of how all this craziness that we're living in is happening and what's going on with it. And it's weird because it's almost like a fixed sense. I'm not psychic. I'm not, and none of that shit, but like, I I don't know. I I can just see clearer than I think some people, I don't know. Maybe that sounds weird, but I'm just telling you my experience.
0: No, I I, I'm just listening. And I, I want you to explain what microdosing actually is. Cause we don't want people running out and being like, all right, I'm depressed. I'll go, I'll go try this. Yes.
1: Okay. So great point. And, and so a typical dose of mushrooms, if you are going to take it for recreational fun reasons, let's just call it maybe an eighth. And I don't know for sure if that's what it is, but that's about what I think. So microdose is like uh 0.3 or 0.4 of a gram. So just to give you an idea a quarter of a, a, a um, let's see, an eighth would be like 2.4 grams, okay? Opposed to that 0. 0.3 as a microdose. Teeny so it's tiny. Teeny tiny. It's not much, not much at all.
0: And when you took it, what did you experience? Just um,
1: not, not visuals, not anything like that, but just a clarity that I couldn't find anywhere else. Um, yeah. have
0: you do you know anyone who has ADD or ADHD who's taken you you're raising your hand I know. <laughs> so what I imagine it to be like and what I've heard from other people and discussed is just it's almost like um you can't really feel the effects of it. You just feel a sense of um like you're saying clarity, like a clearness, an ability to think more clearly. Yes. When you're depressed, you're not thinking clearly you're reacting to emotion and emotion is um, fleeting and unreliable because it may or may not be real. That's right. The the emotion to a reaction to a situation. Right. But yeah, I think it feels real. It It does feel real. It does feel real. Depression feels very real. It, It feels like
1: someone has their foot on your throat and you mm-hmm. can't get up, and and it's just, it's not a good feeling, you don't serve your family well when you're like that, you don't serve whoever you're working with, if you're working at the time, you don't serve them well, you don't serve anybody well, you don't serve yourself well, and it's a perpetual, um, it's a perpetual just bag of shit that you just really don't want to deal with, and I really want people to understand that microdosing is something that, one, you got to do it responsibly. You have to do it the way I said it, point two, point three, maybe even 0.4 of a gram. And that's it every three days. That's the that's the, the quote unquote, um, the dosage. Yes. Right. And so you, you don't have to worry about, you know, anything crazy happening to you. Just, you know, if people, it's like, it's interesting. I watch different things, you know, about psychedelics and they always paint a picture that you're going to see these, you know, green monster walking up in your living room and I, I've done a bunch of that and I've done a bunch of <laughs> stuff back in the day and I, I've never in my life seen, you know, anything like that. I've never seen anything weird. Now, you know You never
0: hallucinated on on like a
1: not like that. No, I didn't see like, you know, the marshmallow man walking down the street. <laughs> you know, I mean you hear you see you hear about people saying this, but I just don't I, I've never experienced that and I've taken L S D and everything else. So Um, And plus, I did two ayahuasca journeys in 2020. Oh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. That's another another conversation that I want to have with you because I have been so curious about that ever since. So I was a huge, I am a huge Howard Stern fan. I've been listening to Howard Stern since probably 1984. I grew up in New York listening to him on um, K-Rock, I think it was. (laughs) Um, And so Robin Quivers, his partner of, gosh, what, 38 years now? something like that, 40 years, long Long time. time. She journeyed down to Peru and had her ayahuasca journey. And so I've been really curious about it ever since then. Okay. Now we got to go talk about that really quickly Yeah. before we go back to your depression and coming out of it. And we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to come out of the depression with you. We're going to talk about where you've landed, but tell me about this now.
1: So I, you know, and this is sort of part of the journey, too. Um, so in 2020, I booked my time right when COVID hit, of course. And so everything was shut down. And the first weekend that this place opened back up, I was there. And it was Wh- in Where Florida, was it? Florida. Okay. There's very few, it's called Soul Quest Ayahuasca Church. And you, you know, there's only a, a handful of places that can uh, that are even allowed to do this, um, because it is, you know, they're carrying, you know, that medicine is considered severely a control, like a, a controlled substance for sure. Um, and the only people that really are allowed to have it here in the state are shamans. I and mean, you have to be a shaman, but if you're a shaman, you can carry it right on an airplane. Like it doesn't matter, which right. is interesting. So um, I went, and the first time I did it, um, I I didn't realize that I was supposed to shut my eyes. And I chucked, tr- look, I'm a control freak. Let's just be honest. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I, the first night I fell asleep and I was like, what the hell? Like, now, did,
0: I, you, did you end up like throwing up and shitting yourself like Robin?
1: I didn't shit myself, but yeah, I did throw up. Not that night. I didn't throw up for the Friday night. But the Saturday morning, there's some stuff called... Um, uh hepe or a rapid rap- rape. uh anyways i'll, I'll get into that in just a second so saturday morning i took more than i took friday night because i fell asleep friday night and they said well you know when you fall asleep that's the best time because you don't have to go through all the emotions you go through it in your sleep and so i was like okay well i kind of want to see what this is like you know and, and so I drank more that Saturday morning for the Saturday morning, uh, ceremony. And they blew this stuff called rapé, a, and they take this long, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it's like a cylinder. And and it's weird because I put it right here, right in your nose. And then they blow this tobacco, nut shit in your nose. And it's awful. Oh my God. The idea is that in it. Well, immediately it makes you throw up immediately. Like they hit this side and they got to do both sides because if you, they don't, I guess they say you're, you know, you'll be lopsided or or something. I can't remember what they said, but essentially you got to do both sides. And so as soon as they hit the second one, I mean, it's like somebody just blows your freaking head off with this stuff. And so I started throwing up. And when I started throwing up, I, I was on all fours and and i'm looking around and i'm watching everybody and i'm like why am why is that person doing this and why is that and it was like literally like you and i are talking right now a voice said this is your problem you compare yourself to everybody around you and that's been your problem your whole life you're here for you who gives a shit what they're doing pay attention to you and it was just like you and i it was bizarre and so and so again, um, so that night I, I we we had another ceremony and I held on. I didn't want to throw up again like that. It was it was it was awful, and so I held on and and it prevented the medicine from working, is what happened. The control would not allow the medicine to work, and I didn't realize any of this at the time. And so Monday I got home and I was mowing my front grass because of the week afterwards, you're in a weird place. You're in a, I mean, you don't, you don't feel weird. You're just, you know, you're trying to process, you're integrating back into society. And, you know, because when you go to this place, it's so peaceful. It's so loving. It's so beautiful. And then you get back in the real world. And so as I was mowing my grass, I realized that I have always, you know, I I have a great relationship with my dad, but I don't necessarily call him super often. And the reason I realized this that day is because I've always compared myself to him. So I'm 43. I always look at when he was 43 and he's always been 10 steps ahead of me. And so I've always thought I've never really compared. And so, I had this conversation with him. He didn't know I went down to do this because, you know, I have drug history. So I wasn't about to tell him I was going to do this. (laughs) So it was a really powerful conversation and it made our relationship better. Now, the second time that I went, um, which was probably four months later, uh, I interviewed the medical director because I also host a podcast. And so I interviewed the medical director. Well, the card on the camera ran out in the middle of the interview so it didn't record at all and so is this is the universe working here and so i was furious naturally and so we had to shoot the whole thing over again but the key the, the here's the point is in that conversation i didn't even catch it the first time he said so do you think you have control issues he asked me point blank and i said well yeah probably he said well i heard you say you're going to do the rap A tonight, So you throw up, why don't you just let the medicine work and don't do anything? Why don't you just lay there and not think about anything and not do anything and just allow the medicine to work. And I, and when I did that now, it took some coaching myself, literally I was laying there talking to myself. And as soon as I was able to relax and let the medicine work, that's when it happened. And it was, and it was kind of, it's not really like an acid trip, but it's, Um, you, you just blast off into a different universe and you see crazy stuff. And, and I didn't, you know, some people have really hard experiences with this. Sometimes people really have tough, a tough time with it. I really really wasn't worried about that because I don't, I don't really have any childhood trauma. I was called fat when I was in sixth grade. That's about it. Um, So I've never been molested. There's a lot of people there that are struggling with really deep rooted issues. And that stuff comes out when you take this stuff. And the whole point is that you deal with it during this and then once you finish. And so it really. So the two things that happened that time is one, I was sitting on the toilet and I hate using the restroom. I hate I hate it. I hate everything about it. And so. I want to get it done as quickly as possible. So I, so, so, it, you know, one of the messages was you need to be more patient and you need to sit here until everything's done. And so I did. And the, the second thing that was the second message was I didn't value myself. I didn't value myself as much as other people value me. And that was a really hard thing to look at because it was kind of foreign to me. I didn't really think that was me, right? And and here's the thing, Lisa. Deep down, kind of knew what it was talking about, but I didn't really want to look at it. And so as the universe would have it, it worked itself out. And then I really realized that was what it was talking about. And so fortunately, um, I, I view myself very differently now. And, and it's changed a lot of how I operate. To be honest with you, Um, yeah. So that's can you be
0: can you be specific? Like, in what ways do you notice it? Are you more patient? Are you more? Are you um, less of a control freak? Do you like sitting on the potty longer now? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like sitting on the potty longer, but I, I do feel like I'm a little bit more patient, and and I know the value that I bring to other people, and that's the biggest thing is. You know, I have a lot of knowledge. I've been in sales for 25 years. There's not too much. I'm not saying that I know everything about sales, but damn. I mean, I would say I've been through. I, the only two things I've never sold are houses and cars. Outside of that, I've been in and around businesses forever. And so I kind of know what the deal is. And I never really thought, I actually thought everybody knew what I did about sales. I didn't think I was anything special. Oh, my God, Lisa, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable how much people don't know. Like, it's it's, it's mind-boggling to me. So, um, so that's you know that's kind of how um, that's, that's kind of how I kicked off and really took my coaching to a different level. And so now that's what I do is I work with yeah business owners and entrepreneurs.
0: Let's talk about that. Tell us about your company.
1: Sure. So it's the sales CEO is my brand and. Um, I work with a lot of tradesmen. I work with people that are in HVAC, solar, um, roofing and plumbing. Now I have zero experience with those industries, just so you know, zero. However, what I've found is that I found the holes in the boat and the holes in the boat are, you know, if you're making, let's just say you're a plumber and you're making a hundred grand a year, that's great. That I think that's great. I think that's great money. I would not have anticipated a plumber making that much money. The problem is, is that even if you're making that much money, you can't envision selling a $40,000 product because you can't buy that. You write out of your own, you would have to work six months to be able to pay for that one job. And so that's the mindset of a lot of people in the trades is they can't envision the customer paying for these big projects. And so I helped change that mindset.
0: You know, it's interesting. You know what they're doing when they undervalue, they're undervaluing themselves That's like right. you were doing. That's right. not Isn't that interesting?
1: It really is. I had never looked at it that way until you just said it. But you're right. You're 100% right. So, um, and quite frankly, I, I really enjoy working with people in the trades because they're just good people most of the time. That are good people. Now I'm sure there's some shit bags out there, but I don't really work with shit bags. So, um, you know, I but I enjoy it. And so recently, you know, recently I've just started a, a couple of can. I've started a bunch of different things that are helping my business. One of which is I started a marketing campaign that are driving leads now to my calendar where all I have to do is get on there and close it. Which is pretty damn sweet. I don't enjoy hunting and gathering. I don't enjoy chasing the shit out of people. But I do enjoy clothes and sales. It makes me happy. So so I
0: really do enjoy it. That's great. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media and let's talk about your course that's coming up.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um at Corey Barrier, um pretty much on every social channel. And then um I've just opened up Opened, enroll- opened up enrollment for my group coaching program. It's called Sales CEO Syndicate. And we're all, I'm only taking in 12 people um, because I want to make sure that I can make those 12 people rock stars. And I know that I can do that without a shadow of a doubt. But I don't want to take on a massive group because it gets a little watered down. And we know what that's like. We're both in groups that are, you know, there's, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people. And you may just be a name or you may just be a number and I'm not saying we get treated that way, but I'm, I'm sure it probably feels like that for some people.
0: Well, this is a different purpose too. This is one-on-one coaching that you're offering. Yeah. in the group, yes. Within the group. Right. And I'm going to spell your name. It's going to be in the show notes, but for people who are driving or haven't read the show notes yet, it's Corey C O R E Y mm-hmm. barrier B like boy E R R I E R Corey barrier. And um, you can find him on Instagram at Corey Barrier or at sales CEO. And how long is um, the sales CEO syndicate running for? Like how long six, is the course? Six months. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Six
1: months. Yeah. Six month program.
0: The reason it's six months, six
1: months, Lisa, is because I've found with, even with my one-on-one coaching clients that at the end of the day, they always extend after that 90 day period, because there's a lot more to learn. And, and, you know, you have to meet people where they are. And if, if they're really, you know, if they, and people come in at different, different shapes, spaces. Um, and it's interesting because I, I work with a lot of people where I have to teach a lot of the basics and, and, and it's, you know, it, that part is 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 wild because I want to teach like the high level shit. I want to teach <laughs> stuff that like that that really can move the needle. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a foundation, you're not going to move the needle uh, with these bigger things. So <laughs> I found that you know when I first started working with some of these guys, I I was trying to teach them what I you know what I. What I know to be true and what I know to, to work very very well with is body language or, or, facial expressions or tonality or whatever, and like you know I see deer and headlights and I couldn't figure out I'm like what? what what am I saying it wrong like I'm just couldn't understand and, and at the end of the day I was I was up talking up here and they were like down here right and so I had to realize that and
0: dial it way back. And and that's okay, because everybody's got to start somewhere. Right, right. It's so true. Well, this has been fun. It really has. I feel like we need to do a part two. Yeah, I'd love that. It'd be fun. It. Yeah. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. And um, anything else that you want to talk about before we do? You have a website yet up and running yet on that? No, you not yet. Find-
1: well, you can you can go to my normal website, Corybarrier.com um, I'm having some stuff built out on that for the program right now. Um, but most, you know, your best bet is just to contact me on on Instagram or or you can go to the site. You can contact me there as well.
0: And you had said that you have a podcast. Can you tell everybody what your podcast is?
1: Yes, it's called Successful Life Podcast, and it's interesting because I've I've interviewed some pretty heavy hitters, and and I'll tell I'll tell everybody this because I think it's important. If you're starting a podcast and you believe that having a super heavy hitter on your podcast is going to blow it up, you're wrong. Why is that? Because you think that because this person shares your stuff that you're going to get their whole audience. And it just doesn't really work that way. Um, Don't get me wrong. It helps, but not massively. And so – so if you're going to start, you know, if you're going to start a podcast, do it differently than I did. I did it so I could share other people's stories. Well, now I'm realizing I'm tired of sharing other people's stories. I just do. I, I've started doing solos, to be honest with you. And quite frankly, I get more downloads that way. And so it's interesting. It is very interesting. Um, and start your podcast with an intention of helping your business like yours. Is sales, you know, sales AF, which is your brand that makes sense. And you talking to me, a salesperson, and so that also makes sense because it speaks to your audience. Whereas mine, I would interview different random people that I wanted to have on my show. But guess what? I learned a lot from those people also. The byproduct of having a podcast is you get one on one time with people that you may never get one on one time with, and that's right. pretty cool, it's fun too. It's a lot of fun. It really I love
0: works. talking to people and learning about people and, you know, asking questions goes back to my, my roots of being a trial lawyer. That's what you do for a living. You ask witnesses, questions, and clients, questions, and
1: uh, so I've often wondered if they do teach and I've got, I have to believe that this is the case, but do they teach you as an attorney and when you're going to school, body language, facial expression, do they teach you all that stuff? Not so much
0: in law school. Okay. Law school is, um, you know, the first year is all the basics, your property law, contracts law, constitutional law. I don't even think you get to criminal law or evidence until your second year. So they don't teach you things like that. They don't teach you how to ask questions. I mean, you can participate in something called moot court, but even that's civil, it's not criminal. Um, You learn that just like when you start a business or you start a podcast. You know, a lot of people don't start businesses or start podcasts or start something where they don't aren't told what to do because it is so overwhelming and scary. And you have to have the ability to allow yourself to fail, to allow, you know, it's funny you talk about you and I struggle with a lot of the same things. I am not patient. I'm most impatient with myself and my own progress. Um, I'm my own worst critic and you're nodding. So for people who aren't listening or aren't watching, um, you're nodding and you're smiling. You've got, you know, your eyes are closed. It sounds like I'm describing what the witness is doing on the jury (laughs) for the, uh, court reporter for the record. Right. But, um, I'm not patient and, um, I don't think that I also don't think that I understand the value that I bring to other people. So, we have a lot in common. Yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. microdosed yet. <laughs> I think
1: it may be a good idea, you know? I mean, we can talk about it off camera or whatever if you want. Like, yeah, I think it's uh I think it's something people if they're struggling with anxiety or depression or whatever and you're open-minded, I, I think it's something that would be a great a great thing that that would work for you. I'm not a doctor, so you know, don't take that as like medical advice, but that's my
0: experience. Thanks so much for sharing. All right, you guys, we'll talk again soon. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code AF 20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe. And even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.